SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. 844-843-6879 is our toll-free telephone number. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. You can email me, go to my website, hit the contact Scott icon, uh, and fire away. We're 24 hours away, or a few extra hours if you really want to go by technical time, but uh, 24 hours a day, one day away for the start of the Major League Baseball. We had a few more exhibition games last night. Going to have a few more later on tonight. We had a couple of things last night of note with the Astros. Uh, Jose Otuve, as you just heard, maybe uh, getting injured, although he got plunked earlier. So did Alex Bregman. I'm wondering when. Is the line going to be crossed where the Astros are going to stop feeling sorry for themselves and just say, you know what, enough is enough. We're going to have a bench-clearing brawl. That's what's going to have to happen, probably. You know, that, that it's really probably a behooving of them to say, all right, enough is enough. We've taken our punishment. Yeah, we cheated. We won a World Series. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but enough is enough. We're not going to take it anymore. They've had the defeatist attitude. I'm, I'm a real guilty attitude. I'm very, very surprised with to tell you the truth. Miami Marlins last night blew an 8-1 lead. 8-1 and lost to the Atlanta Braves 10-8, uh, or I think it was, or 10-9. Or to nine. And, you know, I'm looking at fan duels over-under season totals, and we'll go over all these tomorrow. I'll give you my predictions and thoughts and some over-under plays and everything else uh, for the start of the Major League Baseball season. But there's a modest over-under of 24-and-a-half. So, but I, I ask you, with that bullpen and that lineup and that schedule, you know, they got to play the American League East 20 times. Now, Baltimore's in there. I get that. But, boy, you got to play, you know, Tampa Bay, and you got to play Boston, and you got to play the Stanks in addition to the tough NL East. How is that team winning 25 games? That's 25 and 35. You know, 25 doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot, but when you break it down into they're only going to be 10 games under 500 with that pathetic team. Boy, it's tough not to like the under on Miami games. They are going to be as bad as they were last year. So they, they blowing an eight one lead. Oh, oh, that is embarrassing. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Phone calls, NFL, baseball, hockey talk. And believe it or not, coming up all that right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. You know, that's just where my mind and where my heart is at. It's getting back, winning championship rings, man, and having fun and enjoying the process, man. And that's where I'm at right now, you know. Um, the money, 
it's good to be financially stable to where I can get my kids and my family things that I wasn't fortunate enough to have when I was coming up. But uh, for me, the game is bigger than just money. It's, a, it's my passion. It's what I love to do. And uh, yeah, I want to get the gold jacket, man. This is only the beginning. Um, be prepared to have another parade and another parade and another parade because we're going to make sure we bring not one, not two, not three, not four, but five-plus rings to Kansas City. You know, it's been 50 years. The wait has been great, but the wait is over now. And it's time to create a dynasty. And I want them to fully know that Stone Cold Jones is here to stay. Stagnation is here to stay. And we're going to make a movie of this. You got to hand it to Chris Jones for the chefs. He, he's, he's at least not bashful, you know, uh, and he's not sitting on his laurels, that's for sure. Bagels and bad beats on a Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. That was Chris Jones talking about to how the uh, chefs are going to win more Super Bowls uh, down the line. I'm telling you this right now. With those two monster contracts and the salary cap, you know, at this point, you know, projected to be, I would guess, 25, 35, 45, maybe even million less next year because no fans in the stands. If the NFL adheres to that, and I got a feeling they won't, but if they do, because the salary cap is based on how much income you make the year before, and with no fans in the stands, income is going to drop dramatically. So I don't know how you're going to fit these guys into the cap, uh, especially with Mahomes, who will be making a certain amount of money next year. He's not making, you know, he's making chump change this year, but he's going to make some. Jones is going to be making some. I, you know what? I'm, I'm telling you. My beloved Miami Dolphins will win a Super Bowl before the Kansas City Chiefs win another Super Bowl. You mark it down. 844-843-6879. Charles in West Virginia. What's up, Charles? Hey, hey, good morning, Scott. Hey, Scott, um... Uh, quick question. Uh, now that you're doing the show at home, when people are at home, has anybody at at the house commented on your show, whether they like it or not, or they anything like that? I know you're one door to Ashley, so we'll take her out of it. How about the other crew, the rest of the crew? I don't ask them, Charles. I I, I, I don't. Uh, I have two lies. <laughs> uh, really, I have three lies. But uh, I'll, I'll start with just the two. I don't. I don't even broach it. I pretend they're not in the room. Uh, or, or in in the home, um, I, because if I know they're down the hall, uh, th- then it's just, it's a distraction. It's just it's a weird, you know. You get into a vibe, uh, and and, and it, it just knowing that they could be listening is just nothing. So during the podcast, uh, my daughters will come in and out, and I acknowledge that. Uh, but the radio show, no, I'm I'm on the moon right now, so I'm not even near my family. Okay, guys. Hey, Scott, you were talking about they the do. NFL I will say, players I will say this, though, Charles. The, uh... I will say this, though, Charles. They do get a Go kick ahead. out of uh, – my younger daughters do get a kick out of um, going to YouTube and watching the shows. You know, that they – you know, they, they make fun of me. I'm fat. I'm this. I'm that. You know, uh, you know, I got my glasses on because I don't have my contacts in. You know, they do laugh at that. They, they get a kick out of that versus, uh, you know – but because it's always there, so they can watch anytime. Oh. You know, at least they look you up at least. So at least yeah, they show a little, at least they show some interest. I well, you know, I tell so, them, hey, I said, Scott, as long as you, you hit that like NFL... button, as long as oh, you hit the like button, I'm okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm not even sure what that yeah, like button right. really does. Hey, Scott, like, okay. I don't know what to do. Go ahead, bud. 
what adds to the whatever thousands of likes you have. So I mean, I don't even know. You're right. I don't even know what it does after so many likes. What does it? What does it do after that? Yeah, I don't know. So, I, don't, I don't know. Hey Scott, you uh, you were talking about the NFL players uh, putting the names of uh, police, uh, I guess, violence against them or police brutality. But some people, some of the the so-called victims of police brutality. Like a guy like me, I think they brought it on themselves. Like the guy in Atlanta at the Wendy's that was, you know, sleeping, right? His taser and ended up getting killed. That was that was on him. I mean, you know, uh, the the only person that I can think of that is a total victim of the police violence is that girl Brianna Taylor who was at home right. in her house asleep. That was a big time mistake on the police department. Uh, those guys should have been should be in trouble. But you know, everybody else, you know, it's on them. You know, if your cop pulls you over, you just be calm. So now you're going to tell me I'm going to have to look at this guy's name the whole game? You know, I know people that stop watching football just because of the 32nd National Anthem kneeling. What the heck do you think they're going to do now when you have to see these guys' names on their on their helmets the whole game? I know, you know, that's going to cause a lot more people not to watch. And this is a, probably yeah. a bad year to be doing something like that. Just You know what I mean? Because there's not going to be any fans in the stands. You don't have fans in the stands. You're going to have fans stop watching then what's going to happen? Yeah, I, I agree, Charles. You know, and you're right about the national anthem that people got mad at that eventually, and, and now you're going to throw these names on the helmet. The only thing I can think of is the NFL's figuring, you know what, the names are going to be so small that no one's going to see it, and, and, you know, no one's going to take notice of it, you know, after you initially say they're there, but then you, you kind of forget about it. And I must say, you know, with the NBA, with the, uh, the uh, logos of the sponsors, I know they were there this year, but did I notice it while I was watching the games? You know, if I did, it was kind of in and out of my brain. I wasn't really cognizant of it. And maybe they think that's going to be the same thing with these names. But then if that's the case, then what's the point of doing it? You know, you do something to get noticed, but if you're hoping it doesn't get noticed or it doesn't piss anybody off, then, then, you know, I don't know. I would think, you know, hey, listen, we're going to give $25 million a year, $250 million. The NFL's done, you know, given a lot more on top of that. I would think that would be suffice to show that you care about the cause. You know, it, it, not that the, even the NFL has any obligation to show that they care about the cause, but I would think that would be enough versus putting the names on the helmets and these poor families. And as far as that other, you're right, you know, Charles. But if you bring that up, then then you're a racist. You know, then then you're the bad guy. Then you know you're you're not sympathetic. You know, you don't let facts get in the way of a good rant, as we like to joke around around here. But you know, a lot of these incidences are, yeah, you know, it's the poor girl in Atlanta that you really feel bad about. It's all the, the drive-by shootings here in Brooklyn that I read every single day in the podcast. More innocent babies just getting shot um, because they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's the stuff that that, that I feel bad about uh, and really just uh, it's just horrific, uh, some of the things that are going on in this country. So. You know, I, you know the thing with the racism, you know, I, I have a – you know, you know, I'm 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 uh, a minority, and my grandfather, he was a minority, and you know, in the '60s, I mean, he he was able to make it on his own. He had a house with two kitchens in it. I mean, he lived in Silver Silver Spring, Maryland. So anybody who said they can't make it because of the color of their skin really drives me crazy. So I just all this stuff is just really really annoying. And Scott, always remember, my family's got about 100 acres up in the hills of West Virginia. So if you ever need to make a run for it, you can come with me, buddy. <laughs> All right. You, you got it, Charles. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. They'll, they'll be coming after us with the uh, swords and, and guillotines and everything else. <laughs> Good That's job, right. Charles. Appreciate it, bud. Have- Eight, four. 
I'm at 844-843-6879. Yeah, listen, um, when you start pointing some of these things out, it, it's, it's a no-win situation. You just, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to win. So you just hope that everyone can get on the same page and realize that, uh, you know, sports is an outlet. It's, it's not necessarily something that you want to be able to um, – you know, just see all the time, no matter what the cause is. Yeah, honestly, no, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, listen, and the best example I could give you is people, you know, crying last year about the NBA, you know, putting the, uh, you know, the sponsor's logo on the jerseys or MLB thinking about doing the same thing. That had absolutely nothing, just absolutely nothing to do with race. And people still were uh, all upset because the traditionalists say, no, no, no. You know, it's just a jersey. You can't put any sponsors on there. Even though in the end, you know, did anyone really, really notice it? Probably not. Um, interesting, you know, and that's maybe the wrong word, but intrigued, uh, intriguing story. I don't know if you've been following this fishing uh, trip massacre down in Orlando, but I am intrigued by stories like this. I, I brought it up in a podcast, and uh, it's, it's sad, you know, speaking of sad stories, I mean, three people get beaten and shot and killed down in a little lake just outside of Orlando, Florida uh, this past weekend. And there's just something that doesn't sit right with me. With Something's got to be more to the story than meets the time. We'll bring this up next on a Bagels and Bad Beats Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning. We'll head back to the phones here in a little bit. 844-843-6879. We'll open those up in a sec. First up, you know, it's a, it's an intriguing story. It's a sad story for sure. Uh, but something doesn't, you know, add up for me. I don't know if you've been following this, but horrific scene down in Orlando this past weekend. Three best friends out fishing late night. Uh, they call it catfishing. And they all get beaten up and shot and killed. So geez, that's a weird story to bring up, Scott. I, I know it is. It, you know, it's, you know, generally you come to mornings and get uplifted and all that other stuff. But it, this, it just bothers me, this story. There must be more to it than meets the eye because, you know, Orlando's not exactly hillbilly heaven. I mean, you know, you, you got people that are, uh, you know, shouldn't know right from wrong, right? So here's the situation. I'll zip through it. Three guys, 123, 130, 127. So all, you know not kids, they go night fishing, which is popular down there, this lake about 70 miles south of Orlando, right? So one guy gets there before the other two does. He gets beaten up and shot. And then the other two guys come, and they get beaten up and shot and killed. It turns out one of the guys actually survives the beating in time for him to call his father, who lives about 10 minutes away. His father comes to the son's aid. He knows exactly where they are. So fortunately, he gets there within 10 minutes, according to his father. So let's let's even say 15 minutes, right? 10, 15 minutes. Gets there. What the first thing you want to do, right? You want to call the ambulance. You want to call police, right? Help your son. He, he's dying here. He's on his last death, right? Last breath. 
So the father forgets the son in his haste to get out of the house so quickly. The father forgets his phone, rather, and can't call. So he's got to hop in his car and go to the local convenience store to get help. All right. Right away, bells and whistles go off in my brain because I'm saying to myself, one, it's kind of weird that you forget your phone. But okay, you know, that that happens. You get a call at night and you don't know what's going on. You just grab the keys and go. However, and I watched the press conference from the police officer at the scene. The son made the phone call, right? So, well, the son has to have a phone. You know, in, in, well, you know, maybe they ran out of power. It ran out of power in 10, 15 minutes. You, you're telling me that the point that the son made the phone call, the father said, and it's the key to it all, and the father lived 10, 15 minutes away. So you're telling me from the point that the son made the phone call till the father got there 15 minutes later, his son's phone ran out of power? Why didn't he just grab his son's phone? All right, that, that, so that's a little weird. Okay. And again, maybe in haste, he doesn't know what, what's going on, perhaps. So then he gets in his car and drives to the convenience store to go get help. So he left his son there. What what kind of father would do that? What, 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 what kind of person who, whose son is dying, wouldn't you put your son in the car with you and go drive to the hospital yourself? You know that area. It's not like you had to drive an hour and a half away and, and you're not familiar with the settings there. It's right down the street, apparently. Wouldn't you put your dying son who's bleeding to death in your car and drive straight to the hospital yourself? Or it, it, even if you don't know where the hospital is, wouldn't you put your dying son in your car and drive to the convenience store with him in the car to make him that much easier to be found for the local police and, and the ambulance? And I mean, he left his son there with, a, am assuming, a, you know, a usable phone. So by the time he got back, you know, the son w- was dead. You know, and he had a conversation with the son when he got there. So it's not even like the son was unconscious and the son was alive and, and gave him some details on uh, on what happened to them. So it just, you know, it's a pretty big story down in Florida for obvious reasons. And it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, again, I get the father forgetting the phone at home. You know, you get a phone call like that in the middle of the night, you know, 10 o'clock, 1030 at night, whatever the case may be, a little bit after 10. And, you know, it's the last thing on your mind. So you're, you grab the keys and, and you go, you know, exactly where it is. But then not to use the son's phone and then not put your son who's bleeding to death in the car with you. You're going to leave. I mean, I'm not making any accusations, but it just it, it doesn't add up. All right. And, and like I said, I saw a 10 minute press conference. Uh, and the dopey police officer took questions from the even dopier media. And there was one female there that was asking a couple of questions. And, and you know, and then one of them was, you know, did the son tell the father, you know, who did this? And, you know, the police officer said, well, I can't tell you that. But uh, they're on the lookout. They think it's more than one person. So whatever the son said, it didn't sound like uh, he gave exact details. But, you know, that was my first question. Well, why did the father leave? The son's phone was there. He had to have been there because he called the father. Why didn't he just use that phone? And and why wouldn't he have taken the, the son with him? Very. So I'm going to follow it. And like I said, I, I'm intrigued by, by things that don't make sense, kind of like my marriage. So, well, which is probably why I'm still in it. Um, <clears throat> so I, 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 there's got to be more to the story. There just has to be. Whether the police is not telling the truth, um, I'm guessing. Here's what well, you know, maybe the son was already dead and the police are just throwing it out there that he was alive just to scare 
the people that did this into doing something stupid. If if the the perpetrators, if you will, knew that all three were killed, then maybe they would think they would be scot free. But I, I would think it would be just the opposite. I, I would think you'd want to tell them, yeah, they all died this way. You know, these guys, whoever did this, you know, are, are free and not have to worry. And you know, if you tell them that someone was alive, then they have to worry about it. They'd be extra cautious. I don't, I don't know. But this, as its story is being told now, it just doesn't make sense. It just, uh, I'm not accusing the father of being part of it, but why wouldn't you use the son's phone? Why are you leaving your son there? Why are you leaving your house without the phone? Why aren't you putting the son in the car? Why aren't you driving him to the local hospital yourself? I mean, I'm not worried about messing up a crime scene. I'm trying to get my son to the hospital to to let him survive. Um, just weird, though. I, I mean, I don't know if drugs were involved. The police say no, but clearly this was, uh, according to the police anyway, not an isolated incident where it was just, oh, you know, they straggled across the three guys fishing. You know, that this was an intended attack on these three, or at least one of them anyway. So, um, ah, very, very weird. Sad story. I mean, geez, you go, out, you go out fishing, you know, at night, 10 o'clock at night in the middle of nowhere. I mean, the last thing you're thinking about is having to worry about being killed. Jeez. Oh, goofy, sad, just a sad story, sad story. Uh, this is the stuff that I point to, that it's like, you know, all this social unrest, I get it, it's good cause, but, man, sometimes you just need to, like, look at home and just realize, all right, you know, we could protest and we could do some things, but the bigger picture is your own life. Look inside a mirror, you know, look at yourself. What can I do to make the world better versus what I can, you know, force 50 zillion other people to do? I mean, life, it, it, it's it's a goofy, it's an old saying, cliche whatever expression you want to use but it is it's it's precious and it can go tomorrow i mean you you have no idea none whatsoever so 844-843-6879 uh listening to my guy russ tucker used to work with him over at the uh, three-letter network i had a podcast yesterday and uh, former packers vp andrew brand who i've had on my program uh, from time to time uh good guy knows knows the business inside and out said dak prescott as soon as next year, get a load of this, will eclipse Patrick Mahomes' contract by a good margin. He's setting himself up for a massive contract, he said on uh, on Russ's uh, podcast. And in my view, a much better contract than Mahomes. Adding that, mark my words, Mahomes' pack is huge and hugely intricate. It's a $10 million commitment and an NFL rarity with a maximum value of $500 plus million, blah, 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 guarantees. Um, and, but he'll be, you know, mark my words, getting a better contract. Now, I don't know how much better. By a good margin, he says. The only thing I could think of was or is that the guarantee is not necessary. As we've pointed out, the guarantee is not necessarily great for Mahomes. So maybe that's what he's talking about when he says that Prescott is setting himself up for a massive contract and and will eclipse Mahomes by a good margin because Mahomes, you know, is basically guaranteed about a hundred and ten or so million dollars, three years, which is not you know great, great when you consider it's a ten year contract. So maybe that's what he's referring to because if he's referring to the actual annual salary of 45 to 50 million dollars a year. I mean, what what does he actually think, you know, Dak Prescott even on the open market is going to get? I mean, Dak Prescott could win a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowgirls this upcoming season, and I still don't think anyone would give him 50 plus million dollars. I mean, maybe you get a better guarantee, 
Maybe you get four, five, six years guaranteed, unlike Mahomes, who we ridiculed for accepting basically a three-year guarantee. But I, I mean, I, I, I'd like to know what he had meant by a good margin and will eclipse Mahomes. I mean, how high can you go, right? I mean, and again, even if Dallas were to win the Super Bowl this year, they're not winning on Dak Prescott's arm. They're winning on uh, Ezekiel Elliott's legs and the defense coming through. That, that's how they're going to win. They're not winning games. They may need to win some, you know, 35-30, but for the most part, Dallas wants to win football games, you know, 21-17, 24-17, in that range. Run the football, you know, score a couple of touchdowns, a couple of field goals, let the defense, you know, prevail and and uh, put 20 points plus on the board, 24, and, and win that way. So, uh, I, I, I listen, I'm not a fan of Dak. I'm just not. He's, a, he's an okay quarterback. Um, I, to me, I put him in the class of Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, you know, uh, Cam Newton, you know, those guys. And we saw what happened to those guys, uh, at least, uh, at least with uh, Dalton and, and Newton this off season, you know, basically nothing, you know, Tannehill got his deal, but I, I just don't believe for a second that he can take that team to a Super Bowl and win and get a monster deal. I just, uh, could be wrong. But I don't think so. I'm not a big Dak Prescott fan, and he could find himself on the outside looking in. Give him credit for risking it all by not uh, getting a long-term deal done. But not for me. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. All right, 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phones again. Phone calls coming up right here. I'm making the Mad Beat. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Obviously, it's a key. I mean, you know, anytime you mess up. A key piece like that, it makes it uh, makes it a little bit more difficult. But you know, I know he'll be ready, and and so on one side we're just anxious to get him. Yeah, it'll give everybody a little pep in their step. And uh, but there was no doubt before, and been, like I said, the energy's been great, and these guys have been practicing hard. So um, it's just one step closer to being whole. And and we get him in there, we can work on a couple of other things and get ready for uh, once well, you know Friday's right around the corner when our first exhibition game. I think every season is, has its own challenges, has its own obstacles, um, and you have to adjust to it. And, and this is a different year uh, with a different challenge, a different obstacle, so you have to adjust to that and have that, that growth mindset. So, you know, the mentality for me, um, you know, hasn't changed even though we had to lay off and, 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 the, and the, you know, the pandemic hit and we had to go into um, a cancellation of our season for a few months. but. Um, every year you is going to have some some things that you have to adjust to that you may not be ready for or you may be ready for and um, so you know it's the same with you know with uh, 1920. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. A Wednesday morning, bagels and bad beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until seven a.m. Eastern time. Forty-one minutes past the hour. Mike D'Antoni, head coach of the Houston Rockets, and then of course LeBron James 
a de facto commissioner of the NBA talking about the upcoming season. And then D'Antoni talking about the Russell Westbrook uh, returning to or actually going to practice for the first time as he recovers from the coronavirus. You know, they unveiled the uh, NBA courts. And uh, I, I tell you what, you know, anyone thinking that, OK, they're going to be playing in some dopey high school gym or something down in Orlando, you know, uh, couldn't be further from the truth because they're actually pretty nice. It is, you know. I tell you, it's nice to have money, isn't it? You know, they had a couple of months to put something together and, uh, you know, sparing no expense. It looks pretty sharp. You know, it's it's hard to realize that fans aren't in the stands because they have so many pictures and plaques and different things uh, and, and fake walls and signs and everything else put up from what I saw yesterday when they were showing it. Um, you know, they have all the, the Black Lives Matter stuff that's painted in large letters on the court. And then they got a whole new game. Uh, which I guess is going to be their slogan here uh, on big signs draped down. I guess it's probably drapes versus actual walls. And, uh, you know, with, with the lights off and just the lights on the court, it looked pretty good. It, it really did. I mean, I, I could see the players saying, wow, this is actually pretty cool. You know, the perception is, all right, you're going to be playing in this bubble in Orlando. There's going to be a couple of arenas and we're going to throw this thing together. And it's going to be like a high school gym in Topeka, Kansas. And again, no, that that is not the NBA. That's not how the NBA or the NFL does it. It's how the NHL does it, but not the NBA or the NFL wouldn't do it either. So it actually looks uh, pretty impressive. Uh, I, I could see, like I said, I could see the players being like, well, okay, this actually isn't too bad. I'd be surprised. You know, when everything is said and done, I know no fans in the stands. I get that, but it's eight re regular season games. I think those are all going to be basically scrimmages for the most part. Uh, the playoffs are locked up, you know, whether a team is a number eight seed versus, well, won't say eight, but whether a team is a number seven seed versus a number five seed or a four seed, there's no home court advantage because there aren't any fans. So you're not fighting for anything. Um, you know, we talked about it earlier with the MLB. I, I think the runs are going to be high in MLB, and I think points are going to be a, a high in, in NBA games. I don't know what the over-unders will end up being, but I, I, I think we're going to have nothing. It's going to be an all-star game West. I really do believe that. Um, I, I think the teams are going to be putting up 130 points um, as long as they're willing to try on a regular basis. You know, I'm looking at FanDuel. You got over-unders, relatively modest. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, Jel uh, uh, Pelicans and Jazz at 219.5, Clippers, Lakers, 218.5, Magic and Nets. Now, the Magic can play some defense, so can the Nets at 211.5, though. You know, Grizz and Jailblazers, 222. Portland and Phoenix is up there at 225. Can you imagine? Think about this. Now, I know Washington has a lot of their stars out. You know, no Wall, no Beal. I get that. But if the Washington Wizards... We're not willing to play defense during the regular, regular season, if you will. What makes anybody think they're going to be playing defense in these eight, for them, relatively meaningless games? Because the team clearly, you know, Beal has told the world that the team doesn't care about winning. They want to get put into the draft lottery. They're only a couple of games behind from having that two-game, three-game play-in with the number eight seed, but they've shown no interest whatsoever. So if they weren't willing to play defense in those games in, uh, you know, uh, November, December, January, February, March, there is just no defense going to be played in these wizard games. 225, I, I would put the house on that. I mean, as a general rule, go over all Washington wizard games. And I think for sure, at least five of those eight games will go over. And, and 
You watch when the Wizards and Suns play to a 135-130 game, the next over-under on Washington is going to be around 240 or so, 245. 225 is a gift, an absolute gift right now. Bucks and Celtics, same thing, 215 and a half. Milwaukee's playing for nothing. They have the number one seed locked up. They're not battling the Lakers for home court advantage because, again, there is no home court if they were to meet in the NBA Finals. So Milwaukee has the number one seed for all intents and purposes locked up. You really think they're going to be getting back on defense? No. And I know what you're saying. Well, Scott, then they're probably not going to get back on offense either, right? No, 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 no. That's not how it works in the NBA, all right? Guys always have the energy to score. They don't always have the energy to go back and play defense. So they'll find a way to get down the court and take some shots and get some dunks and some layups. Oh, yeah, there's always energy for that. But to get back and play defense and to fight off a screen or a pick and roll, no, 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 that's not happening. So, boy, I love the over on that one as well. You know, you generally don't like betting these things a week and a half in advance because who knows what could happen. But, again, you know, you should stop me. And we went over our gambling tips for the NBA two weeks ago, and we'll go over them again before the start of the season. But don't try and fight it. Don't try and analyze, well, Portland and Memphis, who's going to win that one? It's basically pick them. No, no, Find the philosophy, follow that philosophy religiously for two, three games. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, then, then stop. You don't want to piss your money away completely. But, you know, be loyal to your philosophy if it's based on good strategies and and mine are overs and bet against eastern conference teams because they are all playing for nothing now that the Wiz especially have waved the white flag uh, on the season so but you're going to get a lot of high scoring games a lot for sure in the NBA and again these courts I think you're, you're going to kind of play a little role just because it's, it's uh, you know what it's as professional as professional can be right now they're also by the way installing a timeout share and what was this, like in grade school? You know, you got to go sit in a corner with the dunce cap on. And, you know, you go, go to your time. You know, I remember as, as a, you know, when my kids were little, go to your timeout chair. Although we never really had a timeout chair, I must admit. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that did. You know, go to your timeout chair. Go sit over there. Go in your room. You know, it sounds goofy. But chairs will be mobile. So they're not allowing for huddling. So when someone calls a timeout, you can't get in a huddle. You have to have social distancing during a huddle. How in the fudge are they going to work that out? You know, I, I'm guessing that one team, you know, if they really wanted to be a pain in the ass, I wonder what the rules are. Honestly, I wonder what the official rules are. Let's just say, give me a coach who likes to have some fun. Uh, you know, maybe Doc Rivers with the Clippers, right? The players guy. Um could he take, during a timeout, could he take his Clippers team how far down the court? Can he get right at the, the half-court line and huddle his guys there, hoping to hear the opposing coach who, you know, isn't that far away? You know, could he have fun? With, you know, are there rules on how far you can go? I mean, he can't go across half-court. I'm sure about that. But you might have, you know, both coaches taking their entire teams all the way at the other end of the court. Because keep in mind, no fans in the stands. So anything you say is going to, I would think, echo in that facility or at least be heard a lot farther down the line than it would in a normal circumstance. So, you know, and, and if you have to have social distancing, you know, with these timeout shares so they can't be, you know, two or three feet apart, even they have to be four to five feet apart. 
you know, you multiply that. I'm guessing it's only going to be the starters then. Any kind of huddle will not include all the other 10 of the guys on the bench. Uh, otherwise, it would be like, a you know, a big circle. <laughs> um, you know, you'd have to take the five guys and go all the way underneath your own basket, I guess, to, to have a huddle. That's going to be cool. You know, some of this stuff is just like, you know, I, I could see a guy, you know, a ball boy uh, having masks. And when a timeout is called, you know, as, as guys come up to court, hand each one of them a mask and say, all right, you got to put this mask on. I know it's stupid. You know, you're, you're touching a basketball, you know, that's being touched by nine other players plus, plus officials. Oh, by the way, that that's all OK, but you can't stand within five feet of each other without a mask on. Sorry. Um, you can breathe on each other. You can guard a player, which means you're right next to them, breathing on them, touching them. That's all fine. But uh, during a huddle, yeah, you're going to have to put this mask on and stand five feet apart. I mean, uh, the the goofiness will be pretty obvious, I'm, I'm guessing. But one of those is a timeout chair. And then again, social distancing during huddling. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to have to go all the way down to their end of the court. And the other team, you know, would ask me, ask you go all the way down to their end of the court underneath their own basket. And just uh, hopefully the other teams won't be able to hear their strategy. But that'll be, you know, let me see that. That's all fine and dandy when you call timeouts in the first and second quarter. Let me see what happens when there's 20 seconds left in a game, in a one-point game. And uh, Doc Rivers will just say, uh, the Clippers, calls a timeout. And, and then, then let's see the social distancing. Then let's see, you know, the, the five starters only be in the huddle and not everyone else. You can't have that because, you know, you're telling the opposing team who's going to be in the game you know, after the huddle when it's uh, important at that point in uh, juncture of the game. It, it's uh, it, It'll be kind of, well, not kind of, it will be interesting to see how they handle that stuff. I mean, there's not much you can do. I don't know what the, the repercussions are. You know, what if you don't do social distancing during these timeouts, especially at the end of the game? Is there going to be a penalty? Is there going to be a technical foul? God, could you imagine that tie game, 30 seconds left, and uh, a referee steps in, you know? Um and, and and issues a technical foul against LeBron James for for lack of social distancing. Oh, that would be funny. I'd pay for that. I I would absolutely pay for that. That that would just be hilarious. Uh, you know, where's Tim Donahue when you need him? You know, I mean, that would actually be funny. Kevin Garnett is part of a group of investors thinking about buying the teacups. Now, quite frankly, I don't care who buys the team, um, but obviously his ties uh, with Minnesota. You know. Been there forever after, you know, leaving towards the end, won a Celtic championship and went with the Nets. But here's the question I have, or here's the, the issue. $1.2 billion for the teacups, which on the surface, that's great. Uh, the guy who owns the team, Glenn Taylor, bought the team in 94 for less than 90 million bucks. Think about that return. You know, 26 years later, he turned 90 million into 1.2 billion. Not bad. And I'm telling you right now, if they can only get 1.2 billion for Minnesota, then they're doing something wrong. If the Clippers, who are a second class citizen in LA and really still are and probably always will be, if they could get 2 billion when the owner was forced to sell because he was a bird brain, then if you're telling me that Minnesota, what has it been, about four or five years now, later can only get 1.2, basically half of what the Clippers got? No way. No way. And, you know, you hear these evaluations. Well, Forbes magazine has, has said that they're worth $1.2 billion. 
I, I never buy into Forbes. I never buy into any of that stuff. If you ask $2 billion, there is no reason why, if the Clippers got $2 billion, why the teacups couldn't get $2 billion as well. I would be shocked if they sold this team for only $1.2 million. Sad to say when you say old, but that is Franchises nowadays double what they're worth on paper. That's the real value. Bagels and bad beat. Build up shop next to SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. like to do that we didn't have time to delve into too much to wrap up shop first up nfl says the draft could be pushed off uh, or actually moved up uh, or pushed off depending on what the college football season ends up doing if the college football season has a bunch of games in uh, the springtime as some minor leagues are thinking of doing so the nfl says no problem we'll push our draft back NFL teams also expected to have an 80-man roster at the start of training camp. That's down from usually around a 90-man roster. So uh, people are feeling sorry for a lot of uh, guys who did not get drafted because there's no opportunity for them without preseason games, especially to make these clubs. So uh, this would have been the upcoming season, would have been the absolute perfect year to have one of these goofy offshoot leagues because of all these college kids that you know generally would be getting shots in the NFL and uh, are not. Sacramento Kings big man we told you this yesterday Marvin Bagley out for the resumption of the uh, season due to his right foot injury tweaked it in practice so he's uh he's one of a gazillion Sacramento Queen players that are not going to be taking part in the resumption play I mean bet against Sacramento all the time Clippers Patrick Beverly second player now to leave the NBA bubble in Orlando due to a personal emergency matter what is that who knows who knows? But on Friday, Montreal Harrell uh, left the bubble as well for the Clips, making it that much easier for the Lakers. Uh, MVP Hart Trophy finalists announced uh, in the National Hockey League are Tenny Pereira for the Rangers, Leon Dreisaitl, uh for the Oilers, and Nathan McKinnon for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. The finalists, I'm going with McKinnon because he's on the best team. Miami forward Udonis Haslam said the Heat uh, has a no-complain rule in the uh, NBA. They're sick and tired of people complaining, so he's telling Heat players to shut up, stay focused. Not a bad, you know, for those who like to put a couple of shekels on teams, that means that team will be focused. Not a bad little theory to follow with the Miami Heats. Bagels and bad beats for Wednesday morning. Great job by the phone callers, emailers, and tweeters. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here on Bagels and Bad Beats. Scott Wetzel, enjoy your Wednesday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.